This is Puck Here, New Zealand's hockey podcast, with your hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury. Welcome to Puck Here. Yeah, it's uh, it's holy shit. It is going to be a big one this week. Um, there is a lot of drama going on in New Zealand in the New Zealand hockey world, and uh, there's going to be no NHL chat in this one. We're going to just be it's all New Zealand, all hockey, just uh, what Joe would call a shitter cane. And Joe actually isn't in the room with me today. Where are you, Joe? I am sitting in the Ibis Hotel in Christchurch. And I'm staring out at the Port Hills. Um, the scorched which, uh, Port Hills. A little bit scorched. That's so sad. Um, but um, yeah, I'm on the road with the Black Caps at the moment with the ACC. So we we were broadcasting today in Hamilton, Crab City, and then we flew down today to Christchurch. And so did you say Whiteford. Hamilton was Crab City? Yeah, Hamilton, Crab City. It's the <laughs> um, it's the biggest uh, population of crabs. In New Zealand. <laughs> now, just so because obviously that's uh, Hamil- Hamilton jokes are synonymous in New Zealand, but for our international listeners, you're not referring to the um, not not Hamilton, Ontario. No, 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 no. I, I mean, you're not talking about crabs, as in the ones that crawl on sand and nip you, right? No, I'm talking about the itchy, scratchy crabs <laughs> in your downstairs operation. <laughs> Uh, um, well, it's a shame that you're not here with us, but um, to keep to keep me company this week, we've got a very special guest, uh, Sam Hewitt, who's a uh, one of one of the great hockey commentators that New Zealand has, and also writes for Stuff.co.nz. How's it going, Sam? Yeah, it's good, and it's good to be here. I'm a Hamilton lad myself, actually, so I'll take those comments to heart. <laughs> I don't have crabs, by the way. <laughs> Sure I was going to say that you um, you survived the, the crab and yeah, I, I think I got out when the uh, when the epidemic hit. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's always an epidemic in Hamilton. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that um, kind of. Oh, what would you call it? That infamy of Hamilton. That's that's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, but uh, we had a we had a very lovely tweet today, didn't we, Joe? Yeah, uh, a guy who is the the P, I think he's like PR for the Ontario Rain. And for the, the AHL? Yep, that's the uh, LA Kings affiliate. Yeah, he all of a sudden sent out this amazing tweet and saying, listening to a New Zealand ice hockey podcast where they have a Steve Dangle soundboard. <laughs> and uh, what, what do you say? What a, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, now, since we've got the intros out of the way, Sam is here, Joe is in Christchurch, and um, we need to tackle uh, some very serious business this week. Uh, obviously, it is a sensitive issue because Sam, Joe, and myself have all uh, previously been heavily involved with the media side of things for the New Zealand Ice Hockey League over the past few years. Uh, for those of you that don't know... Um, Slapshot Productions were dropped as the media provider for the league uh, as of now. And yeah, Jez Brown, Jez Brown got us all in, taught us the ropes. Um, we had been generating solid content week in, week out, 
during the season and it was an awesome learning experience for all of us. I'm gutted that the one thing I never got to do though was try calling a game. Uh, I think Jez kind of just thought I was talking shit and he didn't believe I could actually do it. And I also kind of think he thought that I would just spend the whole time chirping um, and, you know, just squaring, <laughs> uh, which I mean, he got read to do it. So <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> but hey, um, I digress. Anyways, um, this is how I think we should structure this episode because it's going to need it. Uh, no random tangents today. Sorry, Joe. The crabs one is all you're going to get. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we have to, we're getting down to some serious hockey talk today. Um, for those of you who haven't been following or have no idea, as I said, you know the uh, the New Zealand ice hockey um, is is a bit of a crazy drama going on at the moment. Uh, and I, th- I feel that we have to tackle this chronologically, starting with the initial tweets from Slapshot Productions that broke the news. Uh, not a long, not long after those tweets, both Sam and I reached out to the NZ IHF and the New Zealand Ice Hockey League for comment. And while both both of us got word back from the federation, uh, at the time it seems the, the NZ IHL only bothered to get back to me, um, which actually turned out that uh, <laughs> Paul Scott. We didn't know this. He's a he's a cop. And he was helping down in Christchurch with the Port Hills fire. Soon that made Sam feel a little bad, didn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. That's part of the part of being in a newsroom, obviously, is getting things out quickly. And uh, you know, if that means someone doesn't get back to you, then that's just the way it is. But I did feel very bad when uh, when Paul said that the reason why he hadn't <laughs> got back to me because he was busy battling fires in Christchurch. Um, but you know, it was good to get his comments in the end and and push that follow up. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank thank you uh, for obviously tackling those fires. I, I believe they're still kind of going on at the moment. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Christchurch cannot seem to catch a break. Uh, yeah. Especially I'm looking out the window, I can see some smoldering still out there. So Man, that's that's uh, crazy. That's almost still a week. Very very dangerous time. Is it quite smoky as well? Like you said, it's smoldering, yeah. but is there a lot of smoke in the air? When we flew in today, there was. Um, they weren't where our plane was delayed due to um, kind of cloudy and um, low visibility levels. So we were a little bit delayed. And as you're flying into Christchurch, normally you can kind of see the whole Canterbury Plains, but the entire kind of city of Christchurch and the Port Hills was just uh, clouded over. And I don't know whether that was smoke or cloud, but it just didn't really look good at um, the time. Yeah, it's so, yeah, it really sucks. Um, I hope that people affected are able to recover from this, but I know that they've they've got a lot on their plate. Uh, but we wish them all the best uh, in recovering. Um, again, I, I feel kind of bad that we're kind of glancing over that, but we do have stuff that we need to cover. Uh, so yeah, the initial tweets broke the news, um, and then after we'll go through we'll go through the comments, uh, we'll dissect them, including my phone interview with uh, Anatoly Anatoly Korosov, the NCHL's new digital director. Uh, plus, we'll talk about you know Sam's articles for stuff as well. Uh, we also have a bit of reaction from several NCHL fans and media volunteers. So let's unravel the shitstorm, shall we? Now, the original tweet from Slapshot uh, was in rather surprising news. The NZHL has brought an end to our relationship. We won't be bringing you NZHL coverage this season. Um, now, do you have do you have the uh, Google Doc open, Joe? That we I do. that we that how we organize these episodes every week. I do indeed. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Do you, can you pick out some of the reactions to that tweet? Just just pick out some of your favorites. 
basically, it's very kind of all about the fans. So the biggest loser from this news, NZ Hockey fans, sorry to hear this. Your coverage was ace. So sorry about that, guys. Bloody loved what we were getting. I'm so sorry to hear that. Your coverage has been fantastic. Gathered, you guys did so much promote Ice Hockey New Zealand. Great job, everyone. I believe... Uh, yeah, mom, yeah, that's quite funny that Jesus' <laughs> mum has a Twitter account. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Can anything be done? Uh, sad to hear such as not covering EZI child, Jeez Brown and team's coverage was always first class. That was uh, Stephen White, who is an Australian Ice Hockey League commentator on Fox Sports. Um, and another comment was, this seems like a bad slash weird slash dumb decision by the NZI child. And that was Logan's girlfriend, Sarah. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I was, there was there was a, many many good reasons to uh, improve the league. <laughs> yeah, she does, and um, I feel like that's another episode entirely where we sit down. Uh, we'll bring we'll bring Sarah on the show. I know we joked about it last week when we um, did the ill-fated role play. I get a little bit of feedback about that, and I kind of don't think we'll do it again. I think I'd rather. I think no, I think I'd rather just run the risk and play the fucking clip. And if you know, if someone slaps our hand, someone slaps our hand. <laughs> yeah, I think playing getting uh, media rights um, trouble would do better than our terrible accents that we tried to pull off in that. Apparently, yeah, apparently we were trying to pull off bad accents. I didn't even realize we were doing that. No. <laughs> um. Now, also with this whole thing, um, both Sam and I, we reached out to Jonathan Albright, who is the general secretary for the uh, New Zealand Ice Hockey Federation. Now, it's not just the NZIHL that have dropped uh, Slapshot Productions for producing the live streams. It's the the federation. So that is including, you know, that is the international games. That's the Ice Blacks. And... Uh, I use, and also the ice ferns, whatever, you know, they, they would cover anything. Um, basically, if you wanted to stream hockey in this country, you did it through Slapshot. That's just kind of how it's been for many, many years. Uh, you know, Jez built it up a lot. Uh, you know, if you listen back to, what is it, our, our second ever episode, we, we did a whole thing yeah. with Jez and, uh, you know, he had a lot of really interesting stuff to say. And I encourage you to listen back to that podcast after listening to this one and, you know, you'll hear a a lot of the stories that Jez told us about the struggles to get this going and to bring it up to the level that it was. And now the thing we don't, we don't know um, where we're heading with all of this really, do we? No. And and like you said, we have very interesting retrospective lesson to go back through that podcast that we did because Jez, like I said, he raises all these issues and what the game and and, and the sport in, in this country needs to do to kind of raise its profile above it. And this news this week kind of basically went against that entire direction, which was a little bit shocking. <laughs> yeah, just a little to say the least. Um, now, I feel like, Sam, did we get a very similar um, response from Albright? Yeah, I think we did. Um, I think the, the interesting thing for me was Jez found out from the from the NZIHF essentially first that 
they were dropping the international tournaments and then the next day it came out that the NZIHL was also dropping the stream so it was almost like a double blow yeah. for him both out of the blue um, he hadn't heard anything and he hadn't been contacted and he wasn't involved in the discussion so um, that was I swear yeah, that was sort of the first thing that sort of struck me was how both of them sort of at the same time dropped and I think as you mentioned before that um, they've covered pretty much every double IHF tournament in the last um, you know four or five years which has been under 20s it's been women it's been um, you know that sort of thing and this is the first time that the Ice Blacks were going to be playing in New Zealand in a not double IHF tournament since 2009 or something like that um, so that was all very surprising but um, yeah from you know from what I'm seeing from you and and what I've heard it looks like Albright was pretty structured in his response and said pretty much the same things um, to both of us so uh, now before we carry on with that I think Joe, do we have to let you go? Yes, yeah, I've got to go and um, do a. Uh, the ACC is currently about to do the prize giving of the Canterbury University Backyard Cricket Society uh, awards. So, do you get to I, hand? I think it. Do you get to hand out an it, award as well? Uh, no, I just get to stand there holding a camera like a. Um, like <laughs> a kind of. It's a hard <laughs> life being a, a social media um, coordinator, whatever you'd call yourself. <laughs> exactly. So but I, before I go, I, I just want to say that uh, I've listened to this uh, interview that you did with Anatoly and Logan, you went full Larry King on him and it is an amazing, amazing little interview. So uh, great work on that. And um, I am very proud of, uh, what you have done this week. <laughs> this and, is a beautiful moment. And Sam as well to kind of break the story. Like I feel like it's um, it's very uh, it's very cool to kind of be getting this information out in the open. Uh, well, I, I think between the three of us, we are uh, we are the New Zealand ice hockey media, really. Yeah. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we pretty much all work for the big organisations, everyone. So yeah. we, we've covered them all. Off. <laughs> all right, Joe. Um, have fun at the prize giving, and uh, we'll 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 be yeah next week. Um, you'll be in the room back with me. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, shout out to Jonathan Hawks, who's the service executive at the Ontario Rain, who um, gave us that that nice little um, plug today on the, about. So, yeah, I think I think because of that, we um, we got a few Steve Dangle fans uh, jumping on our bandwagon, which is awesome. Uh, well, start yeah, start start to that, fill the bandwagon. You know that that'll be great. Uh, <laughs> they're just hanging out to hear that uh, that Dangle soundboard, and then and then they'll tune out again. Probably, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> there's not going to be much room for uh, for any of the soundboards today. I uh, it's, I don't really think it's appropriate. Uh, but yeah, well, um, pity we only get you for 14 minutes of this podcast, Joe. But uh, we'll see. Oh, we packed a lot in there. There's crabs. There's yes. Ice hockey related. There's a lot of Joe. There's a lot of Joe in 14. Can only go down from here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Um, have fun. Bye. All right, well, that's, uh, now it's just us for the rest of the show, Sam. And there were two. Yeah. About fucking time I got rid of Joe. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, buddy. You're not um, paying him enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, at least he didn't have to suffer the sweat box of a room where we record this podcast uh, this week. He was in a, probably in a really nice air-conditioned hotel room. You lucky bastard. Um, yeah, so, well, it's... Do you want to read out what, what the uh, comments that we got from Jonathan Albright regarding this whole situation? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, uh, or Jonathan can't comment 
for the NZIHL, NZIHF being separate. And I think there was a little bit of confusion from some fans around that. Um, but yeah, important to remember that the NZIHF doesn't actually oversee the operational side of the NZIHL. So he, he's purely speaking from, from their point of view. Um, and they essentially run their tournaments um, or their budgets for their tournaments you know, by tournament by tournament. So um, obviously they'll forecast if a tournament's coming up, they'll plan the budget accordingly, but it's not like, you know, they've got a 10-year plan in place for, you know, what they're going to do in a range of all these tournaments. So very much tournament to tournament. And obviously when this IIHF tournament came up, which is, you know, the Div 2 um, Group B Championship, which involves the Ice Blacks, when that came up, they obviously sat down, looked at the budget and, and essentially decided that the live streaming was too expensive um didn't fall within the budget it's going to put them in the red um i think he said that they're hoping ticket sales will actually get them back into the green um so that's sort of their situation um and not, not just the green the black the black as it were yeah he's trying to be very topical with uh and very patriotic <laughs> but um yeah the the big thing i think for them and what he mentioned was and this was a lot of the consternation was the double ihf under 20s tournament which we held back in January I think it was January um, that was fully streamed by Slapshot and they did a really good job and I've heard a lot of great feedback on it so um, and I suppose people thought well how come they were able to do that but they're not able to do the Ice Blacks who are arguably a much bigger team it's the first time since 2009 they've been in New Zealand um, and Albright's uh, basically said that this tournament's different from the other 20s because in Dunedin they were able to secure the uni halls free of charge, as I understand, or near to, near close to free char- free of charge. Um, whereas up in Auckland they have to find hotels, accommodation for the teams, which is obviously a lot of money, um, and that's where the funding shortage, I suppose, has sort of arisen from. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd still sort of, my questions and all of that would still be why, you know, we've had... IHF tournaments in Auckland in the past um, and they've been live streamed I think there was one last year or the year before might have been under 18s mm-hmm. I think and um, that was fully I did some commentary for it that was fully live streamed or at least the important game so you know those are sort of my questions but um, I think that was sort of the crux of of Albright's um, comments um, although yeah you've sort of mentioned to me that they're over in Melbourne at a training camp at the moment, the Ice Wax. So yeah, the, well, they will be. Um, now, the, the thing that really puzzles me here, obviously um, we're not going to know and, and then probably not going to tell us um, the whole process around the IIHF. Uh, but the one thing that really, um, you know, begs the question is how are you securing these hosting rights uh, when you know, surely you would have known um, about the cost. You would have known about uh, how much the accommodation would have been. You And there's also the matter that they, I think they had to install some new facilities into the Botany Rink, I think a new dressing room, um, which is yeah. which, which is what uh, Albright told me. Yeah. 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 Cost of accommodations in Auckland and putting two extra dressing rooms with shower and toilet facilities at the Botany Rink, uh, he says, has not helped them at all. Completely understand that, but um, what you know, it, it just I I don't know. It just it's so mind-boggling that you have this tournament and you knew about those costs, uh, and they say that they try to get sponsorship to offset the costs of the live streaming. Uh, they you know they they say that they they tried, but 
essentially they failed. Um, and, you know, they say they, well, they gave the impression that they tried hard to get sponsorship. Uh, now, the thing is, is that Jez Brown told us um, is that they never communicated with him that they were struggling. Uh, and I, I kind of feel like that if maybe they were a bit more transparent, if the lines of communication were a bit more open with Jez, that uh, perhaps a solution could have been found. Yeah, and I think for me that is that is the biggest thing, and obviously we'll talk about the NZIHL soon, but it relates to both of them, but it is that sort of lack of communication with Jez because you know, this, both sides obviously coming from a very emotional point of view, but the fact that they didn't actually go to Jez and say, you know, hey, look, we, this is, our budget's looking really tight. We don't think we can do the live stream this year. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Jez would have turned around and said, you know, there's some way we can do it and maybe we can't do every game or, you know, maybe we'd only do the Ice Blacks and that sort of thing. Because I know with the under-18s, I think it was just the Ice Blacks game. So, you know, there's got to be some communication there to take place. But that, that's sort of been the biggest thing is that out of nowhere, Jez, and to be honest, didn't really get told. I think it might have even been tweeted to him. Or no, he said he got an email. He got an email. He got an email, you know, and that's just sort of weird that he wasn't included in the communication um, at all. And and even like you said, you know, if they are going after sponsors, surely he's in that conversation as well. You know, if you're six, eight months out from an event and you're looking for sponsorship, surely you want those sponsors to be talking to the person behind the production of where their images are going to appear to thousands of viewers you know? yeah absolutely or at least you know he can and he can and he would provide the numbers uh to give them the amount of viewers they get the amount of reach it gets the amount uh, of growth that um happens from tournament to tournament or from season to season when we're talking about the uh, nz ihl um but yeah i mean as, as Albright says, the decision was not personal at all, purely financial. Uh, but if that's the case, why was there not a, uh, a priority put on the Ice Blacks tournament over the under-20s? You know, they, they've had these quotes for a long time. They were um, sitting on them for a while. And it's like, okay, we spent all that money. Uh, now we don't have any. Oh, I, what can we do? Oh, let's just drop the live stream. Yeah. And, and it seems, to be fair, like a huge dropped ball on their part because, you know, as we've said millions of times, it, why on earth would you have, you know, an under-20 tournament? Which, don't get me wrong, the under-20s are important and these kids, they're phenomenal players, but to have that prioritised over an Ice Blacks tournament where, you know, what is the best way to grow the game in a country is to obviously have a successful hockey team. And obviously, you know, f for a while I was working in a, an ice hockey shop well, you know, Center Ice is the main ice hockey shop in New Zealand, also does softball, baseball, right? And the reason why softball is growing so much in New Zealand is because the Black Sox are so successful. And I mean, it's just, it is weird in other countries because softball is a, is a female sport, right? But it's massive in New Zealand because the Black Sox do very well and they're sort of idolized. And so for me, with ice hockey, it's it sort of got to be the same. You know, the ice blacks need to sort of be, you know, I suppose this... Um, diamond of of new zealand ice hockey and how can that happen if you know they're not getting covered on a live stream when the under 20s are it's it just does seem like a dropped ball and like i said i think they operate their budgets from tournament to tournament so maybe they didn't forecast that but surely if you know an, an ice packs tournament is coming up six months after an under 20s tournament that's got to be like a a year plan you know like that just can't be a six-month plan like well it's it's it was a four-month difference between but yeah that's yeah, well, that's, yeah, four, yeah. yeah. it's not that much worse. yeah yeah <laughs> um so the the thing is is that uh, 
a few, I'm, I'm not going to name names here, but a few are calling this as mismanagement by the NZIHF here. And so what has been sacrificed is having a professional live streaming service because that was the easy way to, I guess, try and not blow the budget even further in the red. I completely understand that. Uh, and now there may, it's not confirmed, but there may potentially be what I would call a bare bones streaming service provided for the tournament. But I know without a doubt that that will be riddled with technical problems um, because it is going to be treated as, as a guinea pig. Um, you know, it's going to be like this little practicing ground and it's meant to be your showcase tournament. Uh, and I, I, I just, I feel like the team deserves a bit more respect than that. Now I know with the NZIHL, it's a pay to play league. So the costs of live streaming, um, are passed through the players. Uh, but are, are you aware that that's also the case for like a double HF tournament? Yeah. As far as, far as I'm aware, that's not like the, the players aren't paying to play for the ice packs as, as far as I'm aware, like they get a budget from the double IHF. Um, I'm not sure if that's the only budget they work off or if they, if the NZIHF have its own budget alongside that, but they get a budget from the double IHF and I'm assuming that's what they're operating within. Um, so yeah, in that case, the players aren't, aren't playing for the stream. So but I, I believe cause obviously the, uh, you know, ice hockey New Zealand doesn't get the kind of, um, funding, uh, that other big, you know, big name uh, governing bodies would get um, from Sporting New Zealand, which is which is a shame. Hopefully, Monday, one day it will get there. But the whole point of that to get that um, funding, it's all based on performance. Yeah, very much so. And if that team did really well at that tournament, there could be the possibility that it um, piques the interest of Sporting New Zealand. Mm. And the only way that's really going to happen is if they could see it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> totally. And, and and I think if we take some, a team like the West Auckland Admirals, for example, they've got Sean Henry there who does a lot for that team um, in terms of financially and, and, you know, gets them gear and he, you know, sorts out rink times also. So he does a lot for them, which is awesome. And as far as I'm aware, you know, he was just a guy who I think he might have even come down to the rink one day, seen this game of ice hockey or seen the Admirals play and thought like, this is awesome this is amazing started getting into it started watching it became a massive fan of it then all of a sudden he starts giving to it and he starts sponsoring it and i think it's the same you know this is sort of digressing a little bit to nzihl but it's what you're saying if, if someone sees the product and and there's a tangible thing there i.e numbers of viewers um you know and interest and and they really enjoy it you know who's to say some guy with you know big water cash some businessman won't come in and say yeah i'll pay i'll pay for the live stream you know what i mean if it's <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll donate i'll pay for it but clearly that hasn't happened and and it's it's sort of a it, um it, it's a barrel roll in terms of if you don't have a live stream you can't encourage people to you know sign up for the live stream and sponsor the live stream and you know even if you do have an instruct you know it's sort of like this barrel roll effect that really yeah. is taking a step backwards because you're now cutting the live stream and saying even if people are interested it's no longer there now you know mm. as opposed to sort of being like you know let's lift this thing up with some or you know it, it may potentially be there but obviously i'll be a few steps down in quality to what people are used to yeah. and this is something that i brought up uh with anatoly which we'll, we'll play later on um but it seems like the way that live streaming is viewed here is it's a luxury mm, yeah very much so but the truth is in this age of the internet it's essential mm. it's essential for fans to get the live experience they're after after and it's essential for media coverage definitely i can't swing ice hockey stories 
at my job if I don't have footage. Yeah. That's plain and simple. You know, we could go out to the rink and we could maybe film, if, let's say if the Ice Blacks made the final, we could go out to that. But we can't be there for every game. We simply just can't do it because ice hockey is a niche sport. I would freaking love to do that. I would love it if uh, News Hub would be like, hey, Logan, you know, this this is your thing. You're, you're camped out at their rink for the week. I would love that. That would be awesome. Yeah. But it simply cannot happen in this country. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and so we need these live streams and their coverage uh, from those live streams to be able to show it uh, either on TV or online. And by... Doing what they're doing, um, that's that's going to be a challenge. Uh, I I still want to cover the tournament. Um, I was hoping to be there as the podcast. Uh, obviously, a lot easier with a podcast. It's just audio. <laughs> Don't need to worry about pictures. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it'd be a, it's going to be a little bit harder with News Hub. Um, now, I, they have approached us about... Uh, you know, about some coverage, some, you know, trying to drum up some support. And of course we'd love to do that. You know, you're, you're the ice blacks are our national team. You know, I love the ice blacks. Um, you, you know, the, the team that was named, um, freaking great team. Yeah. Really team. solid. And I really hope people get to see it. Yeah. And I guess uh, potentially the only way you're going to see it is if you are in Auckland or you're aiming to travel up, which if you, if you want to, I applaud you for doing that. And I really hope that a lot of hockey fans around the country actually will do it Hmm. Um, because it will be an exciting tournament. Yeah. Uh, You know, great, great teams. I'm really excited for the New Zealand Mexico matchup. That's one game I will definitely be at. Yeah. Uh, I, those, those teams, when they, when those two countries get together. Rivals and hockey. Yeah. Although it may seem weird, Mexico, but it's. It it does, but it's it's, it's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And just, just touching on it, because I think you hit the nail on the head with, with the luxury versus the essential thing, because it is seen as a luxury in New Zealand and to a lot of outside people, that might be the case as well, because you tell them ice hockey in New Zealand, they don't think it's big. Some of them probably haven't even heard about it. So when you tell them, oh, it's live streamed, you're like what like that's crazy you know there's plenty of sports in new zealand that aren't live streamed you know just like what i said before things like softball you know they're not live streamed and that's a massive sport much bigger than ice hockey so you know people thought it sort of do see it as a luxury but as you mentioned when i tell people ice hockey it's streamed in new zealand instantaneously like that's awesome you know like i want to watch it and like when i was doing my commentating and i was sharing links you know i had guys in america tuning in to see what it's like and you know friends in uh, here at home being like oh i want to see if it's fast and what it's like compared to the nhl and all that sort of stuff so you know, it does does become almost a necessity for that support. So, yeah, I think you sort of hit the na- hit the nail on the head there with um with it needing to be seen as an essential part. But yeah, obviously that's a easier said than done. <laughs> uh, now that's the that's kind of where we're at with um the the ice blacks and with the double H chef. Uh, you know, we do hope that they can get the coverage. And uh, as we've said, you know, and they as they've told us, as Albright has told us in his comments uh, when we've reached out for comment that. The tournament is in the red and they're hoping that with good ticket sales, um, that'll really help them out. So please buy tickets because, uh, obviously, well, they pure and simple, they need the money. Um, and you know, we haven't had a tournament like this in New Zealand for a long time, not on, not on this level and we need to support it. And, um, but now moving away from that, let's, Move into the whole drama of the NZIHL, the New Zealand Ice Hockey League. Uh, a lot gone down in shit, even just since Friday. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, we read out earlier the, the initial tweet 
from Slapshot Productions regarding the news. Now, after that um, happened, both Sam and I were... I Originally, I was going to write an opinion piece, but I was worried that it would get a bit too emotional. And I was really, I was really trying to distance my emotion from these decisions and look at it uh, critically. And now, of course, because of who it is affecting, uh, I'll be honest, I have, I have found that quite hard. Um, so I, I decided not to do the opinion piece and I kind of felt like I'll just correlate all my thoughts and all the feedback we've seen and we'll have it on this show. Um, and we're, we're already at half, we're already at half an hour and we're only just scratching, <laughs> yeah. we're scratching the surface. Yeah. Um, so while Sam was busy writing away on his stuff article that kind of essentially outside of those tweets broke the news and just laid a bomb on the New Zealand ice hockey uh, community. Um, how, <laughs> I was going to say, how do you feel about that? But, um, well, uh, it was to be fair though, it was surprising because, I suppose, yeah, when you work at a news organization and you see news like this, your instant thought is, you know, people need to know about this. And there's a lot of people that potentially aren't, you know, following Snapshot on Twitter or they're not actively involved in certain pages. So my first thought was that, you know, this is something that people do need to know about. Um, and yeah, obviously the response has been very widespread and there's been a lot of comments and a lot of people that, I mean, I don't know them personally, obviously, but they've come from everywhere. People in England, people, you know, in Dunedin, people in Australia and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's it definitely took me by surprise, the, the response. But that's hockey fans, you know, they're passionate. Yeah, that's the, and that's the thing is you'd be really surprised um, how far-reaching fans of that of the New Zealand Arts Hockey League are. You know, we get a lot of fans, you know, a lot of fans from yep, England, you uh, UK, Europe, uh, you know, when you, when Jez would look at the stats and everything, he, he'd show us, oh, these are the countries that tune in and there's Sweden, there's Finland, you know, there's all these strong hockey countries and, um, they're uh, not, not the England, a strong hockey country, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, and, and just for people, I suppose, who are a bit underweight, like, you know, this is, this is off season in those countries and, and the NZIHL, you know, like people who are hockey mad. This they're, is where they watch their off-season hockey. Yeah, and this is where players come to play from those starving countries. for hockey. Yeah, so time. you can understand, you know, why there would be that demand. Now, I let, let's see how this goes. I'm trying to... I've plugged in my phone here and I'm trying to get the uh, the interview that I had with Anatoly going. So I've broken this up into five parts and I'll play each part and I think we just kind of dissect um, what Anatoly said and move on. We'll try and, we'll try and get through this as quickly as we... and painlessly as we can. Thanks for taking the time to uh, talk to us. Um, I uh, just got a few questions here. What what was the uh, reasoning behind uh, dropping Slapshot for all the NZHL uh, media content? Well, uh, just before we start, uh, on behalf of NZHF and NZHL, I would like to actually thank you, Slapshot Media and, and Jess, personally, for what they've done uh, to New Zealand Ice Hockey League and New Zealand Ice Hockey in general in promoting the game and, you know, just supporting us. Uh, the reason, uh, it's uh, basically only single reason uh, finance uh, teams didn't think, because it's all funded uh, by the teams, obviously. Um, uh, teams didn't think it's, it's, it's viable. Um, and the price was going up uh, every year, and uh, basically we came up to the point where team didn't really think it's fear on their players because at the end of the day it just hits the player pocket 
yeah. uh, to spend uh, that much money on the stream. Um, yeah, so that that was the reason. So there's no any other reasons apart of the financial. Okay. Uh, with it, do you know if there were attempts made to try and raise those funds, like maybe with crowdfunding or trying to find sponsorship, stuff like that? Well, Jez was trying it uh, several times, and uh, as you know, no luck. I mean, uh, we're not at the stage, unfortunately, yet in New Zealand where people prepare to to pay to, to view, and he was trying it to do several times, and it uh, didn't really uh, work. And uh, so we have no confidence that if we try it, it's going to give us any result uh, and it will take a lot of time and effort uh, for somebody to do it. And, and we purely rely on volunteers. So it's, it's a big job to ask someone to to run it. Now, I kind of feel like Anatoly threw Jez under the bus a little bit there. Mm. Uh, saying we Jez tried it and it didn't work. Mm. Well, that's not necessarily true. He um, now I'll this I bring this up later in the interview, talking about the need for a sales manager in the league to secure sponsorship. That is not Jez's role. His his role is to produce that broadcast to the highest uh, possible uh, you know industry standard that he can, and did a freaking phenomenal job um, on a shoestring budget. Yeah, and you know, yes, it's a financial decision. But the thing that I think people don't realize is people thought that Jez was making tons of cash off this and that he simply wasn't, you know, and the, during the 2015 season, uh, I traveled with him everywhere during that, during those three months and I saw how poor he was. Um, I mean, Christ, the dude hasn't like bought new clothes in like five years <laughs> and you might think that's hyperbole, but really it's not. <laughs> and, and, and you know, there's, uh, I mean, obviously doing the commentating, like see it all in front of me, but there's a lot of gear, a lot of expensive gear, a lot of big gear that has to be traveled around the country with operators and all that sort of stuff. And obviously there's volunteers at the local rinks, but there's been a lot of money, just things like travel and that, you know, and that, that enough in itself, you know, really pushes that budget up to, you know, if he was going to make money, he would have had to be charging them a hundred K. Yeah. And, th- and that's the thing, you know, he said, yeah, okay, cool. So that's how it though. So it's a financial reason. That's fine. Um, but the thing is, is yeah, as you said, he was the cheapest option yeah. as, as that level goes. If you went to another production company and I, I know in the past there, there have been other production companies that have approached the league mm-hmm. and I, I, there've been attractive offers, but bottom line is, is that it was never going to happen because of the amount of money that they wanted. Yeah. And of course the fact that, you know, sky TV was the goal and it kind of, that hasn't happened now. That's gone by the wayside. But you know, yeah, that, that response, like even just that little segment, they raised so many things for me and like, I'll just blast them off quickly. But first of all, you know, obviously we understand the players play to play, play in this league. And that's a huge financial burden for a lot of them. Cause it's a lot of travel and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I suppose my thing is, you know, even by saying to Jez, like you said before, he went out of sponsorship and he couldn't find it. Like you said, that's not really his responsibility. You know, if you really want this live stream, if you believe that it actually does help grow the league, and that's what Anatoly said, I'd like to thank Jez for, you know, growing New Zealand ice hockey and all that sort of stuff. And it's what Paul Scott said to me too. You know, if you're really committed to that, then you're the one that goes out and finds a sponsorship, right? You're the one who makes it happen. And I just look at something like the Sky City Stampede. 
And I'm thinking, how do those guys get Sky City on board? Look at them, all the other four teams, and work that out. Because, I mean, Sky City is a massive sponsor. That's not a small local business. That's a no. massive sponsor. How can, not, how can these other four teams not get at least something close or, you know, similar to that ilk. I mean, Auckland Auckland has Sky City in its backyard, you know what I mean? So for me, that whole, you know, he didn't find sponsorship and that's why it couldn't work is just sort of shows me that divide. And, and obviously we've talked about it. They're just that lack of communication. You know, if they'd gone to Jez and said, mate, this year, you know, after the four years that you've done it and the costs, you know, according to Jez, hadn't changed that much. After four years, it's not going to work. I very highly doubt Jez would turn around and say, oh, okay, sweet, it's just not going to work. Let it, we'll sell the business and move on. Yeah, yeah. He's going to turn around and say, okay, how can we make it work? Exactly. So that's, that's the kind that, of person that communication, really, that I think was the biggest you know, factor in that decision. Um, okay, well, now we'll, we'll move on to part two here. Um, yeah, so purely financial, as we know, and here is part two with Anatoly. Jez has uh, actually made me aware several times that you know he suggested to the league uh, about hiring a sales manager someone who can you know help secure sponsorship and uh, advertising uh, dollars into the league you know someone that, who actually you know that's their forte they know how to get it going um just wondering uh, why that hasn't happened before and is it something that you're looking into in the future uh as, as has been uh, discussed uh, a few times uh well within the last few years in my memory that uh, they were looking to uh, maybe employ uh, part-time uh, or even full-time admin or marketing person. But again, uh, really, the earth, it all comes down to dollars. I mean, uh, we should not forget that this uh, league is fully funded by the players. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and players uh, didn't feel uh, that they they would support somebody working for them and selling them. And, and yes, on, on one hand, there is a chance uh, that, yeah, you may get more money uh, into uh, a game, which will make them cheaper. But on the other hand, uh, they would need to pay a thousand dollars a season more than they pay now. And that's a lot of money, if you mm-hmm. think about it. Yeah. Uh, to support someone uh, who may or may not bring uh, something back to them. And, uh, and that was an issue. And general consensus by a team was that uh, we... The New Zealand uh, market is not prepared for that. I mean, we are minus four here, and uh, with a small uh, follower base, uh, if you like, and um, I think um, the, the generally uh, teams uh, agreed now that we should more concentrate on, on social media and um, than uh, hiring someone, uh, some, some sales manager. And if you think about it, having a sales manager and having jazz or slapshot production it will just increase costs, and, and costs are going up naturally every year because of the flights and, and everything else is going up. And I mean, it just goes to the stage where players are now, we, 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 we can't afford this. Okay, now it's important to note here that yes, or at the uh, New Zealand Ice Hockey League uh, AGM, that apparently all the teams unanimously unanimous oh my god you say unanimously thank you (laughs) you're the you're the commentator (laughs) they all they all uh, agreed that yes um it was just they they weren't willing to pay for it um and yes having a sales manager and having slapshot productions does cost money but if you could get a sales manager who was able to attract major sponsors or a bunch of smaller sponsors and it all accumulated, that would offset that cost. Mm. 
And I think we're all well aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, you know, sales manager, if you're going to pay him a thousand bucks per player, which is like a hundred K, um, if you're going to pay someone even, you know, a full-time wage of whatever, six, right, yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's obviously that must, must be what he meant. Yeah. 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 An extra thousand dollars per player. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, if that's between 1600 K to pay a sales manager, one, that he's going to be bloody good if he's charging him that, or if you know, give him that much money. But two, I mean, if you get a sales manager on, you know, unless the guy is an absolute mutant, like he's going to bring in dollars, you know, like that's almost an inevitable part of it. And, you know, even if he's a bad one, you know, he's, he's still going to bring in extra dollars that you wouldn't have. And, you know, I, I just think, like I said before, with someone like Sky City on board, you know, that shows that there has to be something out there mm-hmm. that's appealing. Now, I, I guarantee that with the likes of Sky City and say even potentially the Botany Swarm had, had DHL, that's a... That's a pretty big sponsor as well. Um, you know, kudos to Botany for for getting them on board. Uh, I believe that was their sponsor last season. I think so. Yeah, yeah potentially. And I, I guarantee that the live stream was part of the the package, the sweet and the deal. Yeah, and, and to it, it has it has to be like what I said before. You know, like if I mean something like Sky City, who has a nationwide product. I mean DHL as well. You know these aren't local businesses, so if they know that the stream is going out to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, even worldwide, you know that that's a massive plus for them. And I think the key thing for all of these businesses, and they'd probably tell you this, I'm not a, obviously a businessman myself, but all these businesses will probably tell you, you know, the biggest um, factor behind these decisions is, is potential. You know, they look at the this ice hockey league, they look at the team like a stamp, the Sky City Stampede, and they say, you know, where is the potential in this? Where is it going? Where is it heading? And for me, the potential was, and it probably was for Jez as well, the numbers are continually growing with the live stream. The numbers are continually growing with, you know, the league and, and how it's presented worldwide and you're getting on, you know, TSN and all these other major networks. And with that, Sky City's not on board now and they may not even say that they want it, want it on board. But if those viewership numbers go from, you know, 81,000 in a year to 500,000 in a year or whatever over, you know, the next three years or whatever it is, then all of a sudden Sky does come on board. Mm. And as soon as Sky comes on board, you get your Sky Cities, you get your DHL. You know what I mean? You get all those people flooding as soon as it's on Sky TV. Yeah. So, so that's my thing is, is that the potential was there. But you see now, like as Jez might have mentioned, you're taking a step backwards. You're, you're shutting the door. Like there's no way Sky TV is coming on board now, right? Like zero. But I think the whole point with yeah, with Sky TV is like I think that's that's essentially that's in the past now. I think uh, with we all kind of have to let that one go. Uh, they've kind of shown that they weren't interested. Uh, Jez, if you listen back to the second episode, we talk quite a bit about this. Um, you know, Jez was working closely. We were trying to build the product up. And that was also the whole point of that show, Top Shelf. Uh, it was produced purely for Sky um, as a way to package the league into a half hour show for them that they could play every week because they probably weren't going to play like the full two, two hour game. Um, so that's kind of, that's in the rear view mirror now. So uh, kind of moving forward. And as Anatoly said, it seems like, Oh, they're putting all the emphasis on social media. Now that's great. Obviously in this day and age, so social media is key, but it's not the only thing. Now the thing with live stream and everything that brought in everything else, um, and you know, you wouldn't have all the nice, uh, video content that you would have seen on the NZHL Facebook and Twitter 
uh, yeah, without the live stream, you didn't get that content. It was all a nice added bonus. Now, um, I believe they're looking at, they're looking at, okay, alternatives. Um, now live stream was the platform that was used. It wasn't always the best. Um, but as you would have seen in the under 20 tournament, um, it got a lot, it got a lot better. They had recently updated, uh, all the, the user interfaces, uh, I think they had maybe maybe one, two dropouts, two, I think, yeah. two dropouts, and what was that? Twenty games, twenty something games, yeah. yeah. Which is you know, that's a great rate for <laughs> for an online stream. I mm. mean, my Sky Go cuts out every bloody ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to watch exactly. <laughs> so you know, two two times in twenty games, yeah, is impressive. Um, but God, who knows? Uh, let's just move on, and um, we'll play we'll play a third part of the interview. But yeah, it's just just don't put all your eggs in the social media basket because there's more to promotion than that. Is there, is there going to be any live streaming of the NZHL this season? Uh, we are working on uh, some uh, options now. So basically the plan as of now is that uh, each team uh, will have to provide a uh, cameraman uh, or, um, you know, uh, somebody who will uh, run, um, the camera, uh, the Federation uh, will provide equipment and uh, manuals. So they will, uh, we're still uh, considering uh, whether we live streaming or we just upload it after each period uh, on YouTube or Facebook or whatever. Um, again, it depends on, on really. Uh, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to uh, transfer a lot of responsibility uh, to the teams. Okay. So they have obligations to provide uh, people and uh, the federation will support it with equipment and technology and instructions on how to run it. Uh, but then again, if we decide to do a live stream, it will be live stream. Uh, if we decide to just film and upload, it will be uh, filmed and uploaded. But uh, there definitely will be some visual coverage of all NZHL games. Okay. Um, now with, uh, with the live streaming over the last few years, um, was the was the league aware that within that uh, budget of the live streaming that you got that all the teams got a lot more out of it than just the live streaming? You know, the um, there was a lot of social media content produced in the last couple of years to really try and push the league both nationally and internationally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're fully aware of this, and then as I said before, we're, we're you know really thankful to Jazz for for doing all this I mean, there's a lot of you know social media support and, and facebook and, and twitter and you know you name it and even website uh, to a degree so i mean we realize it but but again uh, we're not stepping down and and uh, as you probably know uh, you know i've been appointed <laughs> uh as as a as a, as a digital uh director uh, for them that they chill uh, so basically all the social media will now fall under my umbrella mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, but again, so we we realize the importance of it, and and we know uh, what's been you know just what been doing for us uh, over those uh, years. But unfortunately, uh, the one doesn't go with the, without the other. So we couldn't tell, hey, Jazz, we're not paying you for live stream, but you keep doing uh, the social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, we'll be keen if he he does it, but I don't see uh, this happening, unfortunately. And uh, and and so we we can't have one without the other. So yeah. that's why, you know, I, I got this job. And it's not that I wanted it, but it just appeared that nobody else uh, could actually do a job and 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 realize importance of it. So we yeah. we're not dropping. Uh, we 
will try to keep it uh, as it was um, at least. Now, the thing that I really get from that is now it's not that I wanted the job, but there's no one else that could do it. And I'm sorry, Anatoly is a really nice guy, but how do you think he's gone in his first few days? Yeah, well, that's... I could judge him, but I'm trying to be impartial as a, you know, as a budding journalist. But it's been interesting. It really has to see how, you know, that page has sort of transformed just yeah, in the last sort of 48 hours, I suppose. I'm going to let you talk about that. But firstly, I, I just want to say that I find it interesting. To me, it almost... I was actually going to come into this next part a bit sympathetic and sort of be like... like I, I, I've dealt with a lot of the players in the NZHL. I used to sell them equipment. You know, I know how much this is it costs to them. And it is a massive burden. We are in an amateur league. We need to remember that. It's very small. It's a minor sport. And I just totally get all those arguments. But it almost just seems like they've taken the one pot that seemed to be working pretty efficiently and they've just cut it up. Because obviously they're now paying Anatoly. He's obviously got a salary of sorts. Um, and even if it's not quite what, you know, the total amount that they were paying the slap shot, if you factor in the fact that now all those individual teams have to get their own gear or, you know, source their own way of putting it online and all that sort of stuff. It just seems to me that combined all of that's going to essentially equal a similar cost, but half the efficiency. So that's what I sort of got from that, but that may or may not be true. I'd have to. Yeah. And that's the bit I'm a little bit worried about. Um, You know, they're now putting the onus on the teams to organize all this. Whereas before you had um, Slapshot Productions and well, essentially it was just Jez organizing everything. Now really Jez, um, the one thing that I've always kind of thought, well, he's done a great job. Uh, he, he tried to do too much. He, he really should have, um, delegated a little bit more and, but he, he knew what he was doing as far as the organizational kind of stuff and all the logistics and stuff. He knew how that all worked and he, he knew how to fix, how to fix things. Um, the only one that he couldn't fix and it was purely, uh, not his fault was when the courier is completely fucked up. And instead of sending one of the remote camera kits to Auckland from Queenstown, they delivered it from Queenstown to Queenstown. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. Now that is just, that's insane. Um, but, uh, I can't even remember which, which courier company that was, but whatever. Shall uh, not be named. Yeah. <laughs> they who shall not be named. <laughs> uh, but the, but the thing is, is, is you're right. It does seem like they've, they've taken this thing that works has worked very well, very efficiently. And they've just cut it up five ways. Now, what, what does that mean? We don't really know. Obviously, we're not really going to know uh, if this new plan is going to work until uh, the season starts, until we see it in action. Uh, now, I, I'm led to believe that they're going to use the Ice Blacks tournament, as as I've said before, as a practice round. Um, so I guess we we may be able to pass a little bit of judgment there and sort of ho- hopefully they'll learn from that and maybe from that they'll learn from their mistakes and they'll iron out the kinks. Hmm. Uh, before the season starts you know it gives them a few months to figure things out but yes it is uh this thing now where the team has to on top of everything else organize all the media volunteers now under the what i guess the previous reign or whatever with slapshot uh there was an army of about 50 volunteers across the country and i'll I'll get I'll get back onto that later. I want to uh, just just keep powering through yeah, yeah. Um, with Anatoly's interview here. Uh, we've got two more parts here. I think this fourth one is very short. It's not even a minute long. Are you able to give me some examples of some strategies that you're hoping to put in place? 
the the strategy is we need to get Facebook going, obviously. Uh, if we are going with live stream, uh, will be streamed uh, using Facebook facilities. Um, um, well, that's how it's at this stage. And Twitter, Instagram. So, I mean, there's nothing super new, but basically there will be some strategy, there will be some plans, and the, all the you know, posts will be planned when we going to go out and all that stuff and uh, i'm not sure if you know or not but i've taken over the the uh the ice black uh facebook page simply because nobody else was doing it and you know we got to you know uh 30,000 uh reach uh, within the last month um without putting a single dollar into it either see sean sweet um I have seen, obviously, the there's been a bit more productivity out of the Ice Blacks Facebook. Um, if it's any, the have you seen some of the videos and stuff that have been posted on that page? On the Ice Blacks page, yeah, um, I might have seen one or two come up. Yeah. Now, to me, they feel like um, now this is me being being a video editor myself. This is me probably being a bit of a, a bit of a snob here, but they they seem like they were edited in iMovie. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, uh, or Windows Movie. Probably not Windows Movie Maker. Probably a little bit of a step above that, but it it had that feel about it. Um, and and just going back again to the whole thing, how he said, you know, no one else could do this job. Mm, mm. I'm I'm sorry, but I don't buy that. Mm. Um, and and I yeah, what I mean, don't I'm not trying to be facetious here, but what qualifications you know does Anatoly have as a I don't know how old he is sort of person in terms of a grasp on social media. Listen to that. And, you know, my immediate thought was, you know, there's a, the, the Need and Thunder have just hired, well, just brought on a social media person, you know, a student, marketing student from Otago. Hmm. So why doesn't the NZIHL go to Auckland University or Victoria and say, give us one of your marketing students or something that to do an internship with us for a year, good experience. And let's be honest, it's not going to be full time. You know, so they don't have to worry about that. But an internship with us, what do they get? They, on their CV, get to say that they were the, you know, the marketing coordinator or the social media coordinator for the New Zealand Ice Hockey League, right? Which, you know, that has some weight if you're going to a potential company. You can actually show them your work. You know, that, that, that those sort of ideas to me, uh, you know, someone who's been in business for 20 years might shoot me down. But to me, that just makes sense. You go out and get someone like an intern who is young, who knows social media, who knows how it works, who's able to actively engage and, and is passionate about it because, you know, they're the intern, if you know what I mean. It just, I just struggle to sort of see why Anatoly is the only person that can do this or, you know, the only person that wanted to do this. I don't know. That's just... I, I, th- I think you're, I think you're you know? onto something there. I think that is a really good idea. Um, maybe that's something that the other team should look into. Uh, so obviously, the Thunder have done it. Um, there's aside from Queenstown, where where the other teams are, there are universities. Um, so I, I hope to see the West Auckland Admirals and the Botany Swarm do something similar. Maybe team up. Uh, maybe West Auckland team up with Unitech or AUT, and you know, same thing with Botany. Um, Auckland University, yeah, you know, um, Christchurch. What is it, Lincoln University? Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, and University of Canada, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do that double up, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, it's got to be something. Yeah. I don't. I'm, you know, I really people, hope people take me seriously because there's there's students out there who will want to do that sort of thing. Practical experience in those sort of industries is worth so much more than sitting mm. in a lecture. You know, as a as a journalist, my internships was, was meant so much more to me than listening to teachers talk. You know. So yeah. well, I don't yeah. think you would struggle to find people i just don't think that would happen no and and real life experience is everything in that kind of uh environment uh now i to be honest i did take 
that a little personally, the whole thing, there's no one else that could do it. Um, we've got to get the Facebook page going. If you look at that Facebook page over the last two seasons, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that page was going as, <laughs> as you would say. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a lot of content happening and especially last year, there was probably fresh content almost daily. It's during the season, of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's a little bit harder to yeah, get it, get it, it going. for any sport. Yeah. yeah. And when it's only running three to four months out of the year, it's kind of outside of that. It is, a, it's stayed this little hub. Um, Jez sort of, yeah, he created this little hub for New Zealand hockey fans. That's where they went. Um, even if it wasn't something that obviously the NZHL were involved in, if it had nothing to do with them, um, you know, Jez or whoever asked from Slapshot, it might be myself, might be Joe, could be anyone. Um, they would use that page to promote other New Zealand ice hockey, whether it be the Ice Ferns or even some of the inline tournaments and stuff, yeah. you know? Mm. Uh, but God, I just, I feel like there's a wealth of experience that was there and between all the people that have worked so hard for the last few years. And I kind of feel like that's been ignored. Yeah, very much so. And, and that goes back to that whole communication thing of, you know, not bringing Jez into those conversations. And like I said, I just find it very hard to believe that if they thought Jez was going to come in and say, you know what, you don't want to pay me or whatever. It's not going to work. Sweet. We're out. Just don't think that would have happened. I think mm-hmm. Jez would have turned around and come up with some solution. And I'm sure the volunteers would have been on board with Jez. You know, they, hey guys, we need to up, you know, we need someone to take over social media. You know, there's a hundred people out there who are that committed that they would do it. Now, not really. They yeah. don't have that, you know, they don't, they're now sort of, I suppose, broken that relationship. It's, they don't now have that sort of level of trust. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially it. So <laughs> trust and uh, I guess, a sense of affiliation really. I brought that up with Paul Scott. Um, I was, I was very blunt with him, um, but you know, I was trying to be very measured. I, I, the email I sent to him last night, I'll admit I probably spent an hour writing <laughs> <laughs> because I, again, I wanted it to seem not overly emotional, but just considered, considered and measured. Hmm. Before I, before I mention this, I'll get to the the official announcement that came after your article that went up on Friday on stuff. It was a little bit of a hot mess. Let's be honest. <laughs> it was. Um, not only did they use outdated logos of the Canterbury Red Devils and Dunedin Thunder, but they also upset the Sky City Stampede by not naming their sponsor, who has naming rights, and uh, used their old logo too. Yeah. It's a big and one. from that, you actually saw... Uh, I believe the Stampede page commented on that post saying, um, yeah, please can you fix this? (laughs) It still hasn't happened. Yeah. And, you know, they've been reminded numerous times from other fans. I I see um, from other like Stampede fans. Hey, can you please sort this out? And it's just been ignored. Now, as far as digital strategy goes right now, it seems to be that the the strategy is let's spam Facebook with a bunch of posts within an hour. Now, I call that the Kanye strategy, <laughs> as in you've only got Wi-Fi for half an hour, so let's just bomb you with all this info. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the fact, like, I, I, I'm just trying to poke a little fun here, but the fact that the uh, post starts with official in all caps, to me, it felt like Donald Trump yelling out fake news at you uh, while, trying, while trying to scramble and say something in response to that article. Mm. And 
the response from the fans at that time generally was not favorable. Um, you know, we'll get to that. Obviously things have changed a little bit in that time, you know, more info came out and, you know, it was learned that yes, there is going to be a live stream, but obviously in a different capacity. Yeah. Um, but the thing is here is that they've really upset the volunteers, the media volunteers. And I said to, this is, this is what I said to Paul Scott. Um, <laughs> this is, uh, as I said, I was trying, I spent an hour writing this email. <laughs> um, one thing that you may not have properly acknowledged in all of this is the media volunteers. The, ma- the majority of them would say that their affiliation is with Slapshot Productions, not the league. While some hockey nuts like myself do it for the love of the game, there were plenty that only did it because Jez brought them in, made them feel like part of a family, and made sure that they got something out of it. Prior to that, many of them had never seen a game of hockey before. By dropping Slapshot in the manner that it was, by that I mean no consultation with Jez. Um, yeah, granted that he was out of the country, but there are other people that could have been there in place. Um, you know, like myself, who know and understand hockey media operations, many of those volunteers feel like they had been dropped too. Now, even after finding out that there still would be live streaming in a different capacity this season onwards, the social media posts from teams saying, we want you, didn't help either. Those volunteers felt like they were being replaced. Now, I'm sure uh, this is this is still in the email. I'm sure after a few months have passed, heads will have cooled and the NZHL season has started. Some of those volunteers might come back because, you know, may, maybe they miss it. But I'm worried that they will struggle or that you will struggle to get the numbers you need to make this new plan work. And I, I just that that is exact. You know, that is what I believe. Mm. A lot of those volunteers feel like they've been burnt by the league here. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, cause we're already an hour in, <laughs> I'm not going to bother, you know, we won't bother reading out, um, all of the comments, but, um, I encourage you, if you're interested in this, in this topic that you go to the, uh, New Zealand ice hockey league Facebook page. That's, that's how it is. Just spell out New Zealand ice hockey league on Facebook and you'll find it. Read the comments because, you know, some of them. Some of them are pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it gives you a really good sense. And I'm you're coming from a journalist here, but obviously anyone that's open to read things on Facebook. But it does give you a really good sense of almost both sides of the coin. Because if you go to especially to the you know, poll that was on you know Puck here, where you've got people like um, Nick Henderson, who's a player, commenting. Um, it does give you a good idea of you know, how the volunteers feel, um, how just fans who watched it overseas or at home feel. There's a few players in there. There's just a few people who agree with um, the NZIHL. And it is just a really good place to just really gauge that emotion, I suppose. And um, like you said, it's been a couple of days. So still, people are still quite uh, um, vocal in their, uh, in their thoughts. Uh, oh, yeah. Give it a few weeks and they might calm down. But yeah, <laughs> I definitely recommend just having to read through some of those threads and yeah. Uh, now you, you mentioned the poll that we had on, on, uh, the Pakia podcast, Facebook, uh, some of them I'll, you, you mentioned Nick Henderson, you know, obviously it is, he said it's tough with the players having to absorb a lot of the costs. They would love to have a high quality streaming and it helps massively with the growth. But, you know, as a player, you know, he found it tough to financially every year as it was to, um, you know, to just play in the league, I guess. And, you know, that's the trade-off. And of course we would rather have people playing in the league, you know, um, but it is it is a shame that I guess it came to a crossroads like that. Yeah, 
and and you and you do have to feel for the players in this situation because they are the ones that bear the costs. They're they're now the ones that are going to miss out, you know, with not having the live stream. Okay, obviously the fans, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's about growth of ice hockey in New Zealand and the players is where it well, starts. So there will be a live stream. We just don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. To what but in is. terms of the, the quality and that sort of thing, so like you really do have to feel for the players, and that's who really, you know, I've done the the, the volunteer thing, and I really do associate with those guys and with the fans and that but I, I really do feel for the players and I understand that there will be a lot of them out there who will be you know a bit unhappy that the live stream won't be of that quality done by Slapshot um, but it's yeah like we said it that's just the reality of having to pay as a player and I'm sure there's players who can afford it and there's probably players who can't afford it it could be you know obviously the younger guys who aren't working they could be studying you know so you really you do have to show a bit of sympathy to those players at the same time you know there are players out there who don't value the live stream you know who who never took it seriously in terms of interviews after games um even te- camera technology with you know one of them smashing jesus gopro in, in the penalty <laughs> box in one year so you know they still won't tell me who that was <laughs> <laughs> yeah neither why but there yeah there, there's players out there definitely who i'm sure were very vocal about not having that live stream so yeah but in terms of the players you know there will be players there that you have to you have to sympathize with now uh i I, I responded to, to Nick's comment there about that issue. And while, while it is a pay-to-play league, my hope was that with all the content that I was producing, a lot of it was stuff that could be very easily um, you know, pushed towards potential uh, sponsors. And you, know, you can say, this is how many, you know, it's, it's a weekly thing. This is how many views it gets every week. Um, and, and a lot of them, like the hits of the week, they were getting 10K. Yeah. 10k and views getting and picked up by news hub getting picked up by tsn you know, yeah like, and, and crowd goes wild as well yeah. you know they picked up as well so you had you had new zealand and canada media uh biting on that stuff and the fact is you know we could have used all that content um and it could have very easily added naming rights to them uh at the at the start of them and there you go bit of money every week yeah. um and that, that would have helped now my whole hope with all of that and also with the live stream. And I, I assume this is probably also, this would have been Jez's hope as well, because Jez was always very vocal about um, that. He, di- he didn't like the idea that the players had to pay for this cost. He didn't want that to be their burden. And, and neither would I, because hockey is an expensive sport and it is just another cost to add on to it. And while some may deem it as non-essential and, and I guess maybe it's not, but really it is if you want to keep growing the sport in this country and keep growing the league. Now, the one thing we have to consider is does the NZHL want to grow and move from being an amateur league to potentially semi-pro or even pro? Now, that's not going to happen without the sponsorship dollars coming in and without obviously uh, a high level uh, production. And, you know, you, you got comments from people overseas watching these games and, and, you know, there is a great on ice product with NZ NHL. Um, I will defend it any day of the week. You know, you'd always see the cocky Canadians when, when TSM would feature it, be like, Oh, it looks like a fucking beer league. I would school all these guys. I was like, well, I encourage you to come down here, be an import for a team and see how you go. Hmm. But you know, it's, it was good that obviously, uh, you know, the Canadians, uh, we're getting, we're getting a taste of the NZHL through the incident like that. Yeah. And to me, you know, the one thing that I, you know, one of the biggest points that I was going to talk about coming in was this, that word professionalism. And 
what a live stream gives to any sport is that sense of professionalism where you tell people about ice hockey and you say, yeah, it's fully live streamed. All of a sudden they're like, what? Like how, how serious is this league? You know, yeah. like the live stream just autom- automatically makes things more professional. And you've got to think from an imports point of view, an imports point of view is, you know, oh, I'm going to oh, you know, mate says, oh, mate, come, come play down in New Zealand in the NZIHL. You know, you ask a few questions or what, what's the league like, you know, conditions, all that sort of stuff. But it, once again, as soon as you say, oh, you know, all the games are live streamed and we have commentators and camera things, even if it's not, you know, Sky TV quality or, you know, whatever, um, CB, CBS or whatever they have in America, you know, if it's not that quality, it still adds that professionalism to the league. And like you said, if you want to go to semi-pro or pro, if you want to move up, you have to, the league has to be taken seriously. Mm. And I just think, you know, taking away the live stream is a massive part of that professionalism that's sort of going away to the point now where it's just like, oh yeah, okay, it's a league of five teams. They pay to play themselves. You know, they, they play 12 games or whatever it is, 16 games and, and that sort of thing. You know, it's, it's almost like without that, but it's live streamed, it sort of just takes away a bit of professionalism and you know, no player in my mind would want that. So, no, and 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 the other um, obvious benefit with the uh, live stream at the quality that it was at um, was you talk about the um, the imports. Their family and friends could keep up to date with how they yeah. were going, you yeah. know. And and yet, I, I assume that when teams were trying to approach imports. And I think, you know, maybe they're a bit questionable about, oh, I don't know, like a league in New Zealand, like, really? Like, why would I come all this way? Like, you know, halfway around the world, you know, oh, just, you know, watch our live stream, watch a game. And yeah, well, that, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, obviously it gave people a chance to actually see this league abroad. I mean, yeah, we've talked about it pretty much for the last hour and a bit, but, you know, being able to see the product in front of you makes it tangible, right? And without that, how are you going to, how is News Hub going to use, you know, the big hit that happened on the weekend? How's TSN going to pick it up? How are players going to hear about New Zealand ice hockey overseas? You know, their live stream helped in a massive way. Hmm. So um, now I'll, I'll go through two more, two more lots of, of comments here um, from, from the poll that we ran. One was from Tim, Tim Ratcliffe, uh, who was on, the question was whether, are you worried about the quality and quantity of uh whatever this new live stream will be now that uh, Slapshot was dropped. Now, Tim here is on, was on the, is on the no camp here. Now he gave me, he gave me four bullet points. Number one, the league were not given digital ownership of their own product and still don't have it. Two, quality of the actual live stream feeds were often poor. Three, the escalating costs in a pay to play league and four game copies were not readily available to head coaches. Uh, now Jez, I, he, he kind of stepped in himself here on, uh, he just, he said he wasn't going to vote, but I guess, you know, he found that he, he didn't want to just leave those kind of, those questions out there. And, and so he addressed them. So number one, when talking about the digital ownership, uh, Jez says the league gave no protections to slap shop productions and had the production company and had the production company manage all the risk in regards to broadcasting. Ergo, Slapshot maintains ownership of all content produced by them as the NZHL has never had the knowledge or capacity to uphold the legal requirements in this regard. It was also the sole provision against Slapshot being screwed over when another company comes along promising the earth and looking to profit from their hard work. Something that has happened at least twice before, as as I had mentioned. Uh, Number two, uh, addressing the quality of the stream. Jess says for multiple years, I pointed out at these meetings that, oh no, 
Yes, uh, this is about the quality. For multiple years, I pointed out at these meetings that teams needed to communicate with their ranks to improve the internet, and that was the only thing preventing all the streams from being high quality. And now, I wonder if you hear that car in the background, but yeah, we are <laughs> we are recording in my in my um my home office here. Uh, you know, he he referred to the recent under twenties tournament, uh, which had proper internet. Um, as everyone knows, Dunedin is is Gigatown. Uh, you know, uh, some of the fastest internet in New Zealand. And um, as we mentioned, only two dropouts over 20 games all streamed at decent resolution. Not HD, because I think, Jez, while I think everyone pushed, we're like, hey, we've got great internet, let's let's stream these games in HD. But uh, I guess he played it safe a little bit. He's like, no, let's just go a step down from HD. Obviously, it's still going to be good. Um, and, and yeah, so it was fine. The teams did not reach solutions with their ranks over internet connections, despite all the ranks being able to have UFB connected, uh, according to Chorus. So Slapshot has been blamed for an issue uh, that has been known for about for years, and it is completely out of their control. Now, that's true. Uh, you just, you can't put that accusation on them. You know, they were pushing that for years. Now, most of the, I, I'm not going to single out ranks, but there are a couple that kind of need to get their shit together. Um, and Dunedin is definitely not one of them, obviously, as we just mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they're doing a great job there. I think, uh, is, is, Par- is uh, Paris High looking after that place now? Sounds like yeah, he's doing a bang up job. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw the article go up there. So yeah, he's <laughs> taking control. And uh, num- number three, talking about the actual cost in, in a pay to pay to play league. Just say Slapshot's fee has highly changed in three years, despite increasing costs. He lived week in week out uh during the winter to make that production happen now i will also add to that that he sunk thousands of thousands of dollars of his own money into um investing into the product into buying more gear and improving it year in year out and as you would have seen as that van finally fucks off thank you <laughs> how many how many points was that turn like? uh, at least <laughs> at least five uh, it's in, in the complex i live in the driveways are pretty narrow but you know um that's just that's just the beauty of podcasts i guess <laughs> uh you know it's just yeah he's put a lot into it and i really i really feel for him now because well we talk, we keep talking about crossroads here. Um, essentially what, and, and this is what it boils down to with this decision by the Federation and by the NZIHL, they've effectively killed a business. Yeah. That's, I think we should probably mention that, you know, to most people, you know, because NZIHL didn't have ownership rights, which, um, which Logan was talking about before. This is all pretty much Jez's responsibility, Jez's business. And now that it doesn't have the thing that it was producing for, he now has, gear and I suppose assets that he's accumulated over the last five years that now he essentially has to get rid of and that is going to be a lot of money gone um, and a lot of hassle to wrap up that business but what I and I haven't talked to this about Jez but what I think is the really bad thing is if the NZIHL turns around and realizes that crap this was wrong or suddenly they get sponsorship suddenly it all is back on it almost is irreparable because the gear would have gone the mm. business would have shut down and Starting i'm from, sure jez wouldn't would jez start it from scratch no i don't think so so no. that to me is really the, the biggest thing and people need to realize that that is you know that's a really sad thing and even if you know you're sitting on the fence on this whole debate and you're even perhaps siding with the nzihl and that you know they just can't afford it and that's just reality of it you just have to feel a little bit for jez now and that business and what's going to happen there 
um, which yeah, is, is disappointing. And and to the final point, uh, talking about uh, game, game copies not being readily available to head coaches, Jesus responded to that by saying all teams are uh, were abundantly aware that uh, that they had been informed multiple times over multiple years that if they want a copy of the match that they were filming, they need to bring a 16 gig USB to the crew an hour before filming starts. That provision never changed, and yet the number of times people would come up running after a game demanding a copy was, he says, galling. <laughs> That's none of my vocabulary, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> maybe is that something they say in London? I don't know. Maybe he's picking up on yeah, p- picking yeah. up on words it's over there. International, yeah. Uh, yeah. He says, "I'm sorry, but be more organized. We have a lot of equipment to pack down before we catch that next flight, and they just don't have the time." Now, as, as we know, the onus is going to be on the teams. It's not going to be on Jez or Slapshot. Slapshot is is effectively gone, and um, it is a shame that well, essentially, they as we mentioned before. They've killed a business. Um, the whole, the whole reason essentially that he made that business up was to help grow New Zealand ice hockey, and you know he's done a great service uh, for the for the sport in this country. And well, you know that's all gone now. Um, and we, <laughs> uh, I think all of us, you know, Jez, if if you're listening to this in London or wherever you are, I think currently right now he's in Helsinki. Mm, yeah. Um, probably not really enjoying his holiday because he's been getting all this news while he is, while he's been in Finland. Um, and I guess losing a lot of sleep over this. And, and to be honest, I have kind of a little bit as well because, um, I really believe in this sport. I love this sport. I believe in, uh, the New Zealand ice hockey league, you know, they've done a lot for me in the last uh, couple of years. I've done a lot for them in, in return. And, you know, I, I've learned a lot and I just effectively, I, I hope this isn't the end um, for the league. I hope that they can move on from this and that whatever this new plan is, whatever the, they think their cheapest solution is, their, their alternative, I, I hope it works. I really, I really, really do. Um, I know I probably seemed a bit negative on this podcast, mm. but that's just, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, you know, I've been very closely linked with helping uh, Slapshot over the last few years and, and as well, as well as them, you know, trying to build, build up the profile of the league. So have I. This, we don't want this, obviously, we didn't want this to happen. And I'm sure the NZIHL didn't want this to happen. But, you know, we're all supporters of the league. We're all supporters of the game. We don't want to see, you know, a lot of the volunteers are very emotional right now and they say they don't want to help and all that sort of stuff. You know, we don't want to see that. Like, we want to see the Hockey League do very well. And and just because there's people that were a part of Slapshot who perhaps didn't have a connection with hockey as such, you know, we, we it's not something that we really want to see that, you know, the NZIHL crumble now because Slapshot's not involved. You know, we don't want that. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, that's probably the first thing I get. And, and Logan mentioned that, you know, the, we have been a bit negative on this podcast and, and obviously both of us have worked on the media side of things. So we see that. But I, I just want to reiterate that, you know, obviously we have to sympathize with the players both now that they won't get the live stream, but also because, you know, there are increasing costs that make this extremely difficult for them. Um, and so you do have to sympathize with them. But, you know, if you're sitting here listening to this podcast and you, you know, you're getting angry, the things we're saying and all that sort of stuff, you, you too have to sympathize with the volunteers um, who now, as Logan said, feel like they've been left behind after serving for so long. And, um, you know, he pointed to a number of examples of why that may be the case. And you've got to sympathize with Jez, who has built this company up, like Logan said, for the sole purpose of growing New Zealand ice hockey, to have it shut down 
Um, and the biggest thing in this whole thing is the lack of communication. That he wasn't involved in the conversations, he wasn't pulled in, he wasn't spoken to about the rising costs and, and potentially the business shutting down. Had he known that, even last year, if they had said, look, Jez, next year might be a struggle, we may not be able to do it, they would have given him a year to sort things out, and even six months, but to, to sort of just turn around and say, we're cutting it, it's done. How he has to sort all that crap out almost immediately. You have to sympathise with Jez. And I suppose that's my sort of point in all of this is that no one's won in this situation. Everyone's lost. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it's just, it's a really shite situation for, for everyone. So. <laughs> it is, as we said right at the start, it was, it's been a bit of a shitter cane the last few days. Uh, it's, one of, it's one of Joe's favourite words. Um, unfortunately, yeah, we only had him for about the first uh, 10 to 15 minutes of this show. And we've been going on for almost an hour and a half now um we'll, be, <laughs> we'll cut it down yeah this is no no not at all this is this is all gold this is the longest uh podcast that we've had so far um i feel like yeah we have touched on a lot i've i, I feel i'm glad i had you on because i think we've kind of it was i guess kind of a bit of a, a yin and yang kind of thing I've, i'm on one side you're trying to be a bit more trying to be neutral trying to be a bit a more neutral. yeah of course um, I, I wouldn't call myself a journalist while I do trying to put a bit of hockey content out there. Uh, if we were to give myself a title, I would be the hockey blogger in the mum's basement kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, throw me in there with Steve Dangle and uh, Jeff Lair and all those dudes, you know, I, I am definitely not, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a hockey writer, but I am very passionate about this sport, uh, especially in this country. And as as Sam so eloquently put, no one is a winner in this situation, but I hope that we can all build from this and eventually do win. Yeah. Um, so thanks thanks again for listening. Uh this has been this has been quite a special on all one topic. Uh, haven't even mentioned the the Leafs pretty much at all. Which Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> which is probably going to be a breath of fresh air for some people. <laughs> um, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. This is Puck Year Podcast. Puck Year. It's New Zealand's hockey podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or with your favorite podcatcher. Follow the guys on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pakia Podcast. Pakia.